Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? In this episode, we'll discover another powerful way to step into joy, find out why we need quiet sometimes, and you'll find out why I love a crunchy curry-flavored snack so much. This is episode 56. Here we go. Thank you listeners for tuning in this week. I just want to say thank you for your support of the podcast and spreading the word and go ahead even right now as you're listening and take a screenshot and share it to your social media. That would really also help get the word out to other mamas that can hopefully listen and be encouraged. I just so appreciate that. Well, before we dive in today, I just wanted to start by sharing how this November has been so incredible so far, like especially at the beginning of the month, there was this stretch of time where we just really didn't have a lot of rain and we were blessed at the beginning of the month with so much sunshine and that crisp November air. So me and my kids were able to go on plenty of walks in the sunshine, play in the leaves, and kick a soccer ball around just for fun. That was definitely a highlight for me this month is the weather has been kind of amazing. So if you remember this entire month, we've been talking about joy and that a Sunday afternoon mama walks in joy, recognizing it's a gift, not a result of our best efforts. Joy is a powerful lasting gift that goes way beyond our happiness or temporary pleasures in life. It sustains us through heartache, pain, failure, grief, struggles, and trials of every kind. So in the first two episodes of this month, my new friend Fiona shared about a physical struggle she had, like physical pain and things that were coming against her in her life that she had to just really learn how to walk in joy despite incredible discomfort. And then she also shared about joy through loss, like when there was a fire that destroyed everything her and her husband had when they were first married. I mean, I just can't even imagine how devastating that was. And then last week I shared about joy through an experience that was very difficult for me. It was when I had all of my titles and jobs stripped away from me, all while being newly married and pregnant with our first daughter. And I shared how God sustained us through that time, provided all that we needed and more. It was incredible. And one detail that I didn't mention that I wanted to mention today is that was just adding to the joy factor through that trial. We got to live in the coolest little house during that season. It was an affordable little house that we were able to rent and it was situated in a peaceful oak grove out in the country. It was a small cottage with a loft master bedroom. Oh my goodness. There were vaulted ceilings with beautiful wood beams heated bathroom floor. I know I've mentioned that before (laughs) on the show, but it was one of my favorite features ever in a house. Um, There was a garden out back. There was a cozy living room with a wood stove. There was a butcher block island in the kitchen that I loved. Lots of windows, lots of cabinets. Cabinets galore, in fact, (laughs) because it was built by a cabinet maker. And you just had the feeling of being safe and warm in this cozy cottage. And I loved it. And the fact that we got to live there during our challenging time was just the biggest blessing. I can't, (laughs) I just can't even fathom it when I think about it now, too. It's just But it helped us to be able to walk in joy through a very difficult season. God allowed us both to be refined through the fire of loss and redefining identity and my worth. And we came out of that initially devastating experience with stronger character and a deeper joy in our hearts that I don't think could have been achieved any other way. So again, looking back, you can see how God works in your life for your good. Today, I want to dive into one more powerful way that we can step into joy more easily. Just allow the gift to be given and stop striving. Stop trying so hard 
to make it happen on our own. Have you ever noticed that there are two main ways to stay consistently motivated to do something? Let's pick a healthy habit, like going for a walk every day. So stick with me. I will wrap this around to joy, I promise. You can reason with yourself, list all the positive effects of going for a walk to help motivate yourself. You can think about how great your body will feel with the fresh air and the movement. You can study and research why walking is a great form of exercise, but that may or may not help you lace up your shoes and leave the house. You know what is a far more potent motivator? The experience experiencing a walk outside on a brisk November day with the clear blue skies smiling at you and remnants of crisp fiery shades of leaves scattered everywhere, the surge of happiness you feel when you wave to a friendly neighbor, the endorphins charging through your body when you're done, the alertness and the clear thinking that happens after exercise, and the slow and steady effects it'll have on your body, stronger legs, more tone, more muscle, maybe even a healthier waistline. But all that cannot happen if you're stuck in the reasoning stage and deciding stage. Does that make sense? With joy, it's the same way. I could tell you a thousand reasons to walk in joy, but unless you begin to experience it firsthand, you may never fully believe me or take action. Many times we get stuck in that awful analysis paralysis with things in life. Walking in confident joy can be one of these things. We want it, we talk about it, we know how good it would be for us, but we are not walking in it and experiencing it every day. So I wanna give you a quick example of this. So recently I met with two friends and we had a little retreat together, just a mini retreat. And I felt like in the time that I spent with them and we prayed for each other and just had such an amazing time, I felt like I really was able to receive joy from God and break free from some things. It just happened. It was kind of a miracle. I didn't do anything in particular, I did, but I did position my heart in a, a way that was like humble and saying, I can't do this anymore on my own. I can't figure this problem out. I need your help, <laughs> right? Get to the end of ourselves. I talked about that last week. So it felt amazing, but you know what else has to happen now that I feel like I've broken free of some things? It's the retraining of bad habits because even though we can be receiving joy and freedom, we do have the choice to walk in that every day or not, right? So the retraining of habits does have to accompany this gift of joy because if we're not careful, we can slip back into old patterns of whining, complaining, criticizing, outbursts of anger or gossiping or whatever it may be. But the freedom and peace can come in a moment from God, just one moment. So how do we do this? How do we step into joy even more? It's, it's not, again, it's something we can't conjure up, but yet there is the tension of it's a gift, but we also have to choose to walk in it after that point. So last week I encouraged us to come to the end of ourselves, let the tears fall, acknowledge the battle, get back to the basics and get up, get something to eat and get moving forward. Today I'm going to say this. Find a secret, quiet place. And no, I don't mean a mom hideout or a girl version of a man cave. I think those are she sheds. <laughs> I've heard it called she sheds. Although those look amazing. I guess that, I guess it would work. Um, and no, I don't want you to think of the scary movie, A Quiet Place. It's really unfortunate that it's called that for this episode today. <laughs> and now I've probably put that in your mind. <laughs> but I mean a quiet space in your house. I'm thinking of my clothes closet where you can just go and be still for a few moments, shut off the distractions and just be with God. Does it sound funny to pray in a clothes closet? It's okay. Really, it is. Jesus said we should do it. Why do you think he says this? I don't know. I, I think it's the principle of the thing. Quiet, private, and calm. 
that's what a secret place is. It's quiet, private, and calm. And it's that atmosphere that can allow you to really listen and lean in and hear what he may be saying to your heart. And for me, this cannot happen as easily when my kids are awake, if I'm being honest, right? It's anybody with kids, we can probably agree on that. But it can happen in the early mornings or the evenings after the kids are in bed. So let me unpack this a little bit more. And this excerpt I'm going to read is from a C.S. Lewis devotional that I will link in the show notes. This devotional said, we are to go into a room alone and close a door behind us. Talking about that secret and quiet place. If we do not have a room at our disposal, we find a corner or place of separation that provides solitude, even if only a little. So a place that can just give you that little bit of separation. I love that. The next question follows. He says, what do we do there? Jesus told us to go and pray. And he talks about the prayer that happens in the secret place is meant to be a heart to heart encounter. And then he quotes this from the Chronicles of Narnia. The lion drew a deep breath, stooped its head even lower, and gave the broken-hearted little boy a lion's kiss. And at once, his name was Diggory, the little boy. <laughs> at once, Diggory felt that new strength and courage had gone into him. And then continues from this thought from Lewis. In the secret place, we meet Aslan, and Aslan was the lion representing God, as Diggory did. When we see his face, new strength fills us, and we have a revelation. Our painful circumstances hurt him more than they hurt us. He grieves for our loved ones and our sad circumstances more than we do. So I love that, that revelation that he does care. You know, he cares more than we do about people and about the world around us and what's happening and all the destruction or the pain and sorrow or the loss. He cares deeply. So by going to that secret place, a closet, if you will, like a, a closed closet even, a quiet space where you can retreat from the chaotic, loud whirlwind of the world and just be receive joy, pour out all your frustrations, share your disappointments, like just be completely honest, and then too, celebrate victories because that's really important too. And then just cry out for others who are hurting and brokenhearted. There's no Instagramming this. It's meant to be sacred, quiet, and private. I think that's why Jesus wants us to do it. There's no fanfare or applause. There's no public recognition or gold star for faithful prayer. But you know what happens when we choose to be still like this? Oh, such refreshment. Those good tears we talked about last week. Even scientists cannot deny the healing power of crying. Healing comes, hope comes, and you guessed it, joy. So here are some simple tips for you when it comes to stepping into this joy even more fully and honestly more easily. The first one is to find your quiet spot. Like I was saying, mine might literally be the closet in my room that has my clothes in it because I know I can kind of half close the door and it's really quiet. I can go and just know that I will be still. But for you, you might have a den in your home or an office or a space that's even quieter and even better than, than that. So find that quiet spot. The second tip is to pick your quiet time. And what I mean by that is your quiet time of day. So like I said, a lot of times if you've got kids, it's going to be an early morning or later in the evening. And that's okay. Just acknowledge what season you're in with your family and choose a time that fits and works because it's better to choose a time that you're actually going to follow through and go and do that than idealistically picking a time that just it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? The third tip is to turn off or put away all distractions. And that can be digital distractions. That can be mental distractions. Like if it's a stack of bills looking at you, you know, staring at you in the face on your desk, whatever it is that's just going to pull your heart away from receiving joy, just put that all away. Make sure you aren't looking at it, thinking about it or distracted by it. 
The fourth tip is to pour out your heart. And I've said this a lot, but just be honest when you come to God. He wants to know how you're doing and what you're really going through. And yes, he knows already, but he wants us to articulate it and say it and get clarity as we work through these things. And then he can pour his joy into us so freely and so much more easily. There's nothing we say that's going to shock him. Isn't that comforting? (laughs) I kind of love that because sometimes you're like, I don't know, but I don't want to say that I'm angry. You know, it's okay to be angry. (laughs) It's okay to be like, this person really misunderstood me and I can't handle it. It's so frustrating. Or I was so hurt by this friend and just pouring out what happened. That's what we're supposed to do in this secret quiet place. And that's, that's a good thing. And the last tip is very logical here. The, the logical progression will be that then you receive joy and strength. A lot of times if you take a few quiet moments, and for me, honestly, it can be as little as one or two minutes where I quiet my heart and my mind, I can emerge from that little retreat that little retreat into quietness with God and be so refreshed. It's like he knows I may not have a giant window of time in the middle of the day, and but I need some refreshment. If I choose to do that, oh, it's so amazing because he can just pour that joy into you and give you that incredible, incredible gift. And then a lot of times after you have poured out your heart in that quiet place, you feel strengthened too. You feel like, okay, I can go back to the world here and I can do what I'm supposed to do with such joy. You know what's so amazing is that when I recently experienced this refreshing with my friends and, and praying for each other and you know, it came back to kind of the real world with family, it was it was so good. I felt lighthearted, I felt more able to be cheerful and joyful. And then you know what happened? A couple of days after this mini retreat, I felt old habits start to creep back into my heart and my mind and I had to fight those and I had to just, ugh. Recognize the battle, recognize the battle. Oh, that so many things are going to come against us to try to steal our joy. We have to think and we have to be like, okay, I know that this could distract me right now, or I know that this is hurtful, but I'm not going to let these things or these people take away my joy. And that takes intention and purpose and deciding in your heart to do it. Just like with the walk, like if you lace up your shoes and get outside and go for a walk, you'll start to experience so much of the benefits of walking. And it won't be like a hard sell to tell you to go for another walk the next day. And that's how it is with that quiet retreat and getting away for a few moments with God. The more you do it, the more it'll be like, why would I not want to go do that? Why would I not want to receive this gift of joy? And again, just to wrap up all my thoughts, the, the most incredible thing about joy to me is that it really can take the pressure away, the pressure we put on ourselves to be awesome and do everything perfectly. And I don't know about you, I just, I've always struggled with that, wanting wanting to do my best and, and wanting to succeed and, and not fail at things. But the cool thing is that when we walk in joy, we can give all the credit to God because it's not like a, a human being can naturally do this perfectly every day, all day. And that's what I love is knowing it's a gift. I cannot take credit for it. I cannot brag about it in the sense of boasting about what I came up with. (laughs) I can give all the credit to God. So those are my thoughts about walking and stepping into that joy more easily. And I hope your heart is encouraged. And I actually hope too today that I lit a fire in you like, yes, find my quiet place. Pick the quiet time of day, put away those distractions, pour out my heart, and then get ready to receive that joy and strength. Oh, I hope you're encouraged. Okay, well, I've got another segment that we always do about my favorite things, and this is switching gears kind of massively, but (laughs) 
Um, one of the things that I love is experimenting with like new snacks, new food ideas, whatever. So lately I have been trying curried roasted chickpeas and I've been making these and oh my goodness is anyone else a fan of that curry flavor I die it's so good I've been roasting chickpeas lately and let me tell you they are a delicious and satisfying afternoon snack they're jam-packed with flavor they're easy to make and it's all cheap to buy all you need is garbanzo beans olive oil and spices now my favorite recipe called for curry powder of course garlic powder salt coriander cayenne pepper just trust me these may become your new favorite snack. <laughs> so good. I've also been loving reading mysteries at night, the true crime ones, not just my beloved Agatha Christie novels. My neighbor introduced me to an incredible author that I had heard of, but never really tried reading her books before. And wow, they are so good. And they're, they're great because they're not the creepy, scary type of crime story, just a fascinating character study. And she kind of dissects both sides of the crime. Okay, maybe dissect was a bad word for crime, <laughs> crime stories. But um, so I plowed through the first 100 pages of this book the first night I got it. And then another 100 pages the second night. Like it was so good. I actually was like, oh, I can't even handle this. This is amazing. So I would encourage you to find a genre, such a fun word, a genre of book that you love to read at night. A couple nights, you know, a couple nights a week doesn't have to be every night. Reading is a fantastic way to prep for bed and it gets my eyes off of a screen, which is always a good thing and an extra motivator. <laughs> Again, it's like what I said earlier about experiencing something helps convince you more deeply that it's worth doing and worth pursuing. And so when I get into these great stories, it's just an easy draw for me. Like it's an easy pull away from the TV to the book because the book is so good. So that's been a fun thing that I'm exploring more and more. So another thing we do sometimes is have listener questions or mom wins. And today we've got a question and it comes from two listeners. And basically we were getting into the discussion of kind of just setting better limits for ourselves when it comes to things like Facebook, which is like, oh, classic, you know, Facebook trap, I call it. But it's like, it's so easily designed to suck us in and, and just get us going and going and going and wasting time and just beyond like what we wanted to and when we first got on there. And so these two listeners and I were discussing this and just limits, better methods to control that pull, that draw that it has for us, because it's I mean, I don't talk to any mom who doesn't struggle with some of these things. Like, this is a tough, tough issue. So if you remember several episodes back, my friend Ostie talked about how she loves to write stuff down. It's really helpful for her. So she did a chart where it's like, I'm going to clean the house and do these elements on this day and social media is going to be this day and just writing it out. And that honestly really helps a lot of us. Like, I've done that before. And uh, another thing that's very powerful that we, me and these two listeners talked about was screen time limits on our phones. Oh, so good because it helps hold you accountable. And then also just reaching out to a friend if you want to kind of keep each other motivated in that area and not in a way that produces guilt or shame, but just a way that's like spurring each other on positively. That would be awesome too. So if you have any more ideas for that issue, the sticky trap of Facebook and, and Instagram and all the good... <laughs> all the good social media stuff. That would be awesome. You can you can leave me a message at 1401371mama. That's 1401371-6262 for more, you know, any of ideas that you have. Or you could email me at hannah at sundayafternoonmama.com. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. And also 
screenshot when you're listening and you can share it to your social media. That would be awesome as well. And then if you have not tapped subscribe to this podcast, especially if you have an Apple phone, just hit subscribe. That way you never miss a new episode and they come out every Tuesday. Come visit SundayAfternoonMama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.